This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And you'll be pleased to know that it's not just me and Matt or me and Niall. It's all (laughs) three of us plus an extra. We have the one and only Terry Blackburn in the house and I'm going to hand over to the man himself to introduce himself. Who are you, Terry? (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for the intro. Um, so yeah, Terry Blackburn from the northeast. If you can't tell by my accent, um, I can say everyone laughing there. So investor, multiple business owner, um, mainly financial services most of my career. Bought, built, and sold a couple of businesses. HMOs, Battlelet, SA. I've got some hotels. I've got a glamping site, uh, cafes, a bar, loads of different things. Pretty diverse portfolio. Um, yeah, get to have a chat and see what happens. So that's me. Yeah. So you're, not, so you're not busy then? No. Nah, I've got loads, loads of capacity. <laughs> he's just told us he's got four children. So he's got all of that oh, going yeah, on. I missed plus that, four yeah. Kids. Yeah, and I moved house. That, yeah. up, up, up until three months ago, I had about 130 staff as well, you can imagine. Um, yeah, that was that was very challenging time in your life. But, um, but yeah, all good. What did you, you do with the staff then up to four months so ago? I exited the business, yes. I sold the business off, yeah. So um, I own the biggest life insurance brokers in the country called Bespoke Financial, um, mortgages and life insurance, mainly life insurance. Um, yeah. yeah, but it started eight years ago, exited a few months back. So me, me life, I thought I'd have loads of spare time now and, you know, I've got rid of all that, but it's not really the case. I feel like I'm just as busy because you shop, fill your time. With something yeah, else that, that that void that was 130 staff that's a big void to just like fill back up again but you just straight away yeah yeah I mean don't get us wrong I don't think anybody can directly manage that many staff you know I think that's foolish to say that anybody could do that it's impossible to effectively manage that many people I manage the managers who managed teams but mm-hmm. still it's a lot you can imagine the HR headache and the the nightmare that just comes with that trying to build the property alongside of it and doing everything else it was um yeah challenging time but all good all worth it and um yeah gosh i'm i must say i'm, I'm loving the bookshelf behind you because i'm just picking up some of the, the titles and stuff the be a lion seems to be very oh yeah look at that that's your own book two weeks just for a little plug there I was wondering why it was on there twice. Now it makes sense. <laughs> Self-promotion, babe. Self-promotion. <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely. Are you, is your um, star sign Leo? And is that any connection to the lion? No, it's not. But my son, who's just been born four months ago, is Leo, weirdly. But um, but no, I'm a Capricorn. Attract oh. money. Capricorns, don't we? You do. As and they say. They do. And apparently, so I discovered recently, because my ascendant is Capricorn, it's all about legacy building, wealth building, and being very mindful of how you are seen in the world so there you go yeah I think that's I think that's pretty accurate I th- I'm not too into the star signs <laughs> I mean the law of attraction and all that but I certainly don't but I think these star signs they're quite generic right so you look at them and, and everybody can relate to one of the little things 
Yeah. Oh, no, I think that's, but, but I do think mine's oh, that's pretty. Me. That's me. Oh, that's me too. <laughs> you read every stars line, you relate to each one, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to challenge you on that. Not that this whole episode mm. is going to be about astrology, because that would be weird. <laughs> Sounds but like I, it I might be. I, <laughs> you let me loose, you know it will be. I've looked into this a lot recently, and I've, what I've realised is, is that your sun sign, which is yours is Capricorn, mine's Gemini, is like how you're seen on this planet, right? But mm. because when you were born, planets were in different astrological signs that actually there's so much more to you than meets the eye. Mm. And like, I'm not saying like I subscribe to it 100 percent. But if I when I re had read my birth chart, when someone actually professionally did it for me, I was like, oh, shit. Like it was so yeah. accurate. It was uncomfortable. Whereas if you compare that to my best mate, it couldn't be her in a million years. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's, I just find it fascinating. Anyway, by the by. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of property to talk, eh? Yeah, shall we? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit Let's pull it back now. Good. Pull it back a wee bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, hey, Terry, you, you mentioned quite a few strategies there that you do in property. Do you have a particular yeah. favourite? Glamping. Say glamping. Um, I haven't done glamping long enough to say it's a favourite. Um, the site will be launched in January. Um, I haven't enjoyed the build process. Um, as you can imagine, you know, carving up a field and the, getting utilities in, getting the power grid and the planners, and it, it wasn't a enjoy. I wouldn't say it was an enjoyable experience, but I think the end product will definitely be enjoyable. We're going to do it a bit different because I, I would class myself more of a business person than a property person, although I do both in volume. I want to build a business behind the glamping site, so we're going to offer a digital detox. It's going to be a bit of a retreat. So the digital detox is you go there, you lock your phone away in a box. You can't get it out for 24 hours. You go on nice walks. You get smoothie drinks. We're building a yoga studio on, on site. You go and do yoga, look at the view, and we're going to sell it as a, to corporates, and we're going to sell it as a package. So we're building a business behind the glamping site, Um which is why I'm quite excited about it. I think I'll be able to market it really well. And I think the mindfulness, the retreat thing that's going on, all the, the mental health issues that are, are around, I think it's going to do fantastic. So definitely excited about it. I don't know if it's my favourite yet. <laughs> um, Where is the site? Is it in the northeast or is uh, yeah, in the Yeah, in the northeast, yeah. Yeah, so it's in a place called Bishop Auckland. So just outside oh, yeah. of Durham. Um, we've got an offer on a second site in the same location and we've also got, well, so that'll be the third. We've got a plot of land in the Cotswolds, which we're going to start planning on in January, as soon as nice. we finish this one. So yeah, I'm going quite heavy into it because I do believe that there's no real main brand in glamping and that's what I'm trying to create. If you think about glamping, there's nobody that jumps to, certainly in my mind, there's nobody that jumps to mind. There's no big players. There's caravan parks and caravan sites, the likes of Park Dean and Wildcrest and all them guys, but there's no real glamping brand. So, so yeah, if you ask us in a year, it probably will be my favourite, Matt. But um, I'd probably <laughs> say... What is, what is the I'd brand? probably say SA. Sorry. sorry. What, what is the brand then, if you want to name drop it? It's called, it's called Country Glamping. Yeah. So the Country Glamping Company. So it's Country Glamping Co on the logo. Just set up an Insta page if you want to see. It's got like a couple of acorns on there. Nice. Um, my business partner who we're doing it with, Scott Hotels all over the world, apart hotels all over the world, um, background in hospitality. So he's going to inject that into it uh, alongside my skill set. So, um, but I would say my favourite, I'm one of them people, I get bored really easy. <laughs> 
And <laughs> probably if you asked us every six months, what's my favorite, it'd probably be something different. Um, Cause I feel like once I've got, I've done something and I've got it nailed, I've, I, you know, I understand it. I've got the process right. It becomes a little bit mundane and then it's next thing. I'll keep doing it. I still do bite letters, I still do H, um, HMOs, I still do SA. But then we moved into the hotels, we moved into cafes, we moved into loads of different things. And I just need stimulated a bit um, and, and kept entertained, I think you could say. So it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, to, it's hard to say my favourite, but I'd probably say essay if I had to pick one. At the moment. Yes, at the moment. <laughs> As of the 29th of November, 2022. Okay, so here's the question then. Like, why at the moment is that the one that's appealing to you most? Um, just because buy to lets was very much BRR, so buy refurbishment finance, tenant in, get the money out next. HMOs became a little bit more interesting because it was communal areas, it was furnishing some of it, some of it wasn't, rejig and room sizes. Then the SA is very much you can inject style into it, you can inject, you can get all the designers in and make them look really nice. The cash flow is better. And again, it, it comes down to a little bit of a business behind the SA. I used to outsource it to, to letting or managing agents. As soon as we brought it in-house, it felt like a business again, which is what I really enjoyed because we can mess around with nightly rates. We can MailChimp people. We can do a big campaign. We can move rates around. We can offer packages. You can do loads of different things, can't you? You can't do that with buy the letter HMOs. Mm. Um so yeah, that that's why it's because there's more moving parts, and I like I like that. And if we're down on occupancy, we have like a mid month meeting. If we're down on occupancy, as in under seventy percent by mid month, we'll do something to increase it for the next two weeks. And you can't really do that on HMO. Mm-hmm. Um, or so that's yeah. that's why I like it. So it's something you can tinker with. It's like the little yeah. play with it. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good exactly. reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you, if you've got a good enough product. I mean, SA still surprises me, by the way. I've got SA in, like, I've got a couple of city centres, but most of mine are rural. And it still surprises me how many people book in these areas. Not that there's anything wrong with the areas or, <laughs> or my properties, because they're really nice, but the demand is just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's still a bit crazy if you think about it, how many people actually book to go away, even midweek, and the likes of now in October and November. Um but people do, you know what yeah. people do. Thank yeah, I guess people want to get, especially people that are living busy city lives, just want to get away from it. Definitely, and, and yeah. actually, that's a good that's a good point. That plays into the hands of the glamping thing perfectly because mm-hmm. getting away from city life, getting away from that busy environment, and just going and being <laughs> in the countryside, going for a walk, being at one with nature, all of that is perfect, and it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah i mean what you've described what you're planning to do with the clamp glamping site um uh, sounds sounds amazing to me like i'm sign me up i'm there already <laughs> you know <laughs> honestly but you, you, you're not the first person to say that like everybody who i've explained the concept to is is of a similar mindset you know whether mm. they do or not it's a different thing but everybody says like that we're looking for that we've actually had two companies now bear in mind i've only put it on my instagram it's nowhere else the websites, when I mean, we've got an Insta page that we haven't even pushed, it's got 100 followers, you know, we haven't even started it yet because it's not bookable. But we've had two big companies, one big corporate talking about booking a month, uh, sorry, a week per quarter for all of the staff. Nice. And then we've had a cycling company wanting to book a weekend 
every month for a year and pay it 12 months in advance. And that's just because they drove past it. Like, and I haven't even pushed it. It's not an Airbnb, it's nowhere yet. Um, yeah. And they don't even have a clue about the service that we're going to offer. We're going to, you know, they're going to have robes. They're going to have slippers. They're going to be able to order breakfast to the pod. It's going to be like, I certainly don't know many other, if any other glamping sites like it. When are you coming so, to Sussex? Say again? When are you coming to Sussex? Well, we've got the Cotswolds. I don't know where Sussex is. It's somewhere south Damn. of me. And all that. Cotswolds yeah. is still somewhere near, middle-ish. Um, Sussex is pretty much as far south as you can go. I, I, I live okay. about uh, two minutes walk from the beach, um, and the right. next bit of that is France. So yeah, <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Well, give us a few years. There you and, go. And we'll <laughs> now We're I think gonna... I was going to say just lastly before we ask you the big question, like if you can undo my childhood trauma from camping with my parents by upgrading me to glamping, honestly, it's a win. Because I, I just the idea of being in a field ever again just freaks me out. So. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be a caravan in Bognor Regis. You'll be fine. No, no. <laughs> oh, the good thing about the glamping is, is is the facilities. So I've I've done glamping quite a few times, and the best glamping was um, where there was a really nice shower block, um, which was like proper, yeah, a proper plush. Um, no, I've done glamping where they have the kind of the, the toilet and the shower um attached to the pod and that obviously it depends on the quality that didn't really work um so i i didn't mind walking you know for uh, you know, two or three minutes to get to the, the yeah the, the, sp- the space where you got yeah you got dressed or got washed and stuff but yeah having a really nice washing facilities uh, makes all the difference i mean the, these just just so you, you know as well and the listeners know that they've got a kitchen you know they've got a cooker they've got a hob they've got a a fridge, a wine cooler. They've got a big king size bed. They've got their own shower and toilet and everything in the pod. They've got a sofa bed. They've got a flat screen TV. They've got a dining table. You know, they're not they're not these like farmers that put like a little shed on the bottom of the field and say it's glamping. And you have to, you know, I have to go and wait in a bush. Like, it's not that. Um, we are, although there's certainly more luxury ones than this is our first site, right? Um, when we'd already ordered our pods, we found out, went to a glamping show and found out these amazing manufacturers and suppliers, which is a, quite a bit better. So the next site will be even better. But I think we're already ahead of most sites from what I know. It sounds like and, uh, But that's like everything, isn't it? You start off and then you've, you you realise what you could have done better on everything absolutely. that you do. Absolutely. Surely yeah. uh, Bishop Auckland doesn't have any other glamping sites. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have said it. I would have said that Bishop Auckland was uh, well known for glamping full stop. No, 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 it, it, it's not. And we actually bought the site. Um, well, I went to view something else and we bought it because it's got an active cafe on it. Okay. So it's an acre and a half. The cafe is already number one in TripAdvisor for the area. That's without the trade of the glamping. So I looked at that and I had planning for the glamping. It wasn't like I set out, right, I'm going to buy a glamping site because you're right, I wouldn't have went to Bishop Auckland. Um, but the deal came up and its turn its turnover was more than the purchase price. Wow. And I was like, I know it was marketed <laughs> really, really wrong. Um excellent. So yeah, it's just doing a bit digging, speaking to the vendor, finding out what it actually what what is actually about. Being a businessman, we rejig things, we moved the kitchen around, made it more efficient, um, changed the way staff do things, changed the menu, instantly more profitable. And that's without the glamping pods. Mm-hmm. But um 
but no, ideally I want to be like New Forest and places like that down, you know, you I want to be in the, the Lake District. That's where it's at, but it's one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. New, New Forest is close to us. Not not close. Oh yeah. Close, but yeah, it's close-ish. Closer. Yes, because Ter- <laughs> Terry's entire business strategy will be at your convenience, Matt. That's the plan. Correct. Like yeah, you should have consulted with Matt first yeah. before you bought that first site. We had a conversation. We a conversation because there's going to be the recording studio on it as well, and uh, we'll, okay. we'll just joint venture on the land, and you you can have your bit, and I'll have my bit. Mm, He's not maybe. sure. He's not. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and therapy for me, so that I can overcome my childhood trauma of camping. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Ideal. <laughs> I should probably ask, ask the, the question, which has taken a, a while for us to get to. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so, so Terry, is the question we ask all of our guests when they come on is that what does the human side of property mean to Terry Blackburn? Uh, apologies, I didn't know you were asking that in advance. So I haven't got a really clever answer. I don't because, want clever, just honest. Uh, <laughs> but the human side, what, the way I take that question is the human side is is if you park the business side of it almost the human sides it's about providing housing for people that that's ultimately what property is in whatever capacity whether they're a guest and they're doing a short stay or they're staying long term the human side is providing good quality quality accommodation for people in whichever capacity that is and it's dealing with all of the people that are involved from the letting agent the estate agent the solicitors the people at the bank the builders and ultimately the tenant um yeah i'm i, I don't really know what the, the question's a bit of a it's a vague one isn't it it's not like it you could answer that in many different ways but that's whatever was in my head there so yeah, there yeah. especially for someone that has such a diverse portfolio it, you know you're you're pretty much tapping into every element of of the every strategy really mm. yeah the, the only thing that i haven't done and and i intentionally haven't done it is is big developments just because if I'm honest, I don't particularly enjoy big heavy refurbs and dealing with loads of trades and dealing with planners and dealing with councils. Like I think for some reason, people certainly people I've spoken to over the years, they seem to think like you start with battlelets, then you go to HMOs, then you go to bigger HMOs, and you gradually go up this ladder to the big developments. I don't think that you necessarily have to do that. I don't think that's that that's not right for everybody. They seem to think it should go up in that manner. I don't know if you find that, but I just don't want to do those big two-year builds because I don't think it's enjoyable. There's always something that goes wrong. It's always over budget. It's always over the time period. And I would much actually rather do loads of small... I know the Glampman's quite a... It's, it's over a million build, but um, <laughs> you know, loads of smaller ones. I think that in doing them in volume, I personally enjoy them more. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I long as I'm getting tested a little bit with differences um, and stimulated a bit, I think I think that's that's why I haven't done that. But but yeah, I, I do like to do everything else. Um, I think that's really honest, though, Terry, because I think what happens is in our industry, there's mm. always as people start out and they think, right, I've got to go big. Ultimately, I've got to go big. Like I need to go from investor to yeah. the big developer. They do, don't they? They, they do. do. And it's like you look in an Instagram and you're seeing all these people doing like really big schemes and you think, oh, that's got to be me one day. And it's not. It's like what I like about what you're saying is you've actually just played to your strengths and your interests and made a shit ton of money from doing that. And mm. I think that has to be the, mm. the, the standard. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't yeah. have to be that full blown ladder. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is impressed upon people from social media to see yeah. the glossy 
people who are doing big things half the time as we know some of the things you see on there are real um, and people are misleading you a little bit but like there's a lot of that on there these huge buildings and they're putting the cgis on and all the floor plans and it and a lot of people do look up to that and they think that's where i need to be to be successful but that's not the case no. you could do loads of small hmos and make a bomb with less stress yeah and you could probably get there quicker that's me yeah. that's what i yeah. like i like student yeah. hmos and co-living units i don't i've I always feel like when you speak up and you say, do you know what? I've got no aspirations to do big stuff. Like I don't, mm. I, I, I know that my, my business interests lie elsewhere. So for me, the property becomes a facilitator for a lifestyle that I choose as opposed to my main focus. Sometimes you feel like there's shame attached to making that statement in certain circles because people look at you and go, mm. oh, well, you're clearly not taking this industry very seriously. It's like, nah, that's, there's a spectrum to what we do. I think that's just knowing your own mind, isn't it? And just yeah. sticking to what it is that you are actually trying to achieve or trying to mm. get at the end um, by not following the shiny pennies and just jumping on the bandwagon because everybody else is doing it. 100%. Mm. You know, you just do your own thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I think re really good points. And I, I agree with both. I think people need to maybe not change the mind, but just be more aware of, <laughs> you know there's more than one way to do this there's many ways you can be successful and success is different to every person and mm -hmm. you, you, know, you don't have to be like x person to be successful when b person can be just as successful if not more mm. and having a lot less stress and doing it quicker and actually doing volume of deals opposed to big ones yeah, totally. and that's fine you know yeah. it's absolutely fine to do that isn't it yeah mm. yeah time spreading the risk is always better than it's almost better well, it's definitely better than having like all your eggs in one basket so uh, lots of little yeah. things will keep you safe um as opposed to just a few big things economies of scale yeah. and economies of scale lots of lots yeah. of lots of different things mm. yes mm. yeah Diversity. definitely and you, you're right matt like if you get one of those wrong like that can be that can bankrupt somebody you lose your house you lose everything if you get a big one wrong especially if you're not ready for it and you're trying to go into it too early because you think that's what you should be doing and that's deemed successful yeah. um you know, you can get shit can really hit the fan if you get one of those. Uh, but yeah. I've learned the hard way with um, going into a big deal early. Um, mm. I lost a little bit of money on it because um, just get the planning yeah, and planning and timeframes and, and paying interest on bridging. Um, but thankfully, we already had like three or four HMOs, which, which could basically cover the cost of it. Um, so yeah, it was just an absolute pain because you thought you had this income and all of a sudden you didn't for like mm. six months um, or six or nine months um, as you were trying to sort out planning issues, which were supposedly straightforward with a council that are just a bunch of arseholes and still are. <laughs> I'm still dealing with them to this day, trying to sort out a yeah. different project, which I've had for three, four years now. But also with development, there's a real deferred gratification. And I like, I, I want, I want the good stuff quite quickly. So I think, mm. you know, if you're doing the scheme, you are looking at like two years and it's just like, oh God. And then it's so market dependent at the time, which has got that level of unpredictability as well. And it, you know, it's just with all the external factors out there at the moment, I think, yeah, I, I like to just go straight to the source, you know, mm -hmm. no, it's, it, it works to so keep going. Um, yeah. Love that. Love that. Right. Should we do it? Should we ask him? <laughs> because i know how prepared you are for this terry i know you spent yeah. you stayed up all night thinking of this question didn't you i've got i've got a four month old baby so i was a born late but not for that reason not <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i'm going to let you in on a secret so terry and i well we were we were all at the property investors awards on saturday weren't we yeah 
and it was mm-hmm. amazing and, and Terry you were up for an award and the boys you won should have won <laughs> yeah lost out lost Sorry. out shame shame yeah. <laughs> you was robbed mate you was robbed but Terry and I met at the bar and your and your lovely lady partner and we was chatting and you said to me oh, I'm coming on the podcast and choose us says yes babe and I and you said oh what is it I've got to do and I told you absolutely everything that you had to do but because we were both so drunk neither of us actually remember <laughs> <laughs> and goodness yeah. knows what actually you told him to do. <laughs> you made him. <laughs> I don't remember. So yeah, yeah but um, I'd, had, I'd had too many Jaeger bombs at that point. Oh, uh, were you on the Jaeger bombs? I didn't. Oh God. Yeah. Did you did you stay out till to the very end? Mm-hmm. No, no. It was um, I think we got back at about half one, so we didn't even go to the after party. Um, we couldn't. We got outside waiting for a taxi, and we're just like, we're going to regret this in the morning because I don't know when to stop. If I went there, it would have been <laughs> four o'clock or something stupid. I'm having to come back to the baby still and the rest of the kids. So like, and I was, I was rough enough going back at one. So I was going to say, I, I, I left the, the bang on like half past 10 after the awards finished to catch my train back to South coast. And uh, uh, even the next morning, uh, you know, looking after just my, my one two year old, um, yeah, it was, was challenging because I was just falling asleep. <laughs> well, looking after my cats, looking after my cats was challenging. So all I don't right. know how you dealt with the children. Jay, Jay, did you, did you go all, all the way out then? Yeah. So I mean, I, I think I felt like me and Sam Norris were still propping up the bar at like two o'clock, and then just like, <laughs> like right, see ya. Oh, blime! It was a good night, though, wasn't it? But yes. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to ask you, Terry. Um, oh yes, the question. The big question. Um, what, no, no, no he's, like he's going to ask us the big question. Well, no, well, I'm going to ask him to ask us the big question. So, okay. what is the question that's tip of your tongue that you've just been dying again, to ask us again sorry i haven't got a really clever question because i'm prepared for this <laughs> but um i've been trying to multitask and think while we've been speaking so it's going to be a property related one okay so i'm just buying myself more time if you're not Love realizing what I'm doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're happy to uh to fill the time for you if you need a bit more time no, how, how, about, how about you really don't um, want that how about let's make it a really fun episode that people laugh at. The funniest thing that's happened to you in property to date that you're comfortable sharing. Okay. Funniest thing. <clears throat> okay. okay that's got... also quite vague or quite, quite not vague, but broad. And, and maybe like at your own expense, or it might be just something's happened to it on a project, a builder. I, I don't know. Funniest. Um, okay. Funniest. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I mean, I still come back to the the student that smeared his pubes over in shaving foam over my newly painted wall. I mean, you, and he stood right next to me. We're both his, just stood his there looking pubes, at pubes. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh so I'd, I'd literally spent a hundred grand on this refurb, right? And um, I was I was just like preparing the house for the valuer to come round, and it was a house of stinky boys that students that had moved in, and I walked into bedroom five. And this kid is just like, I could see this smear on the wall. And I'm like, what, what, what's, what's that? And it, it was, it was white foam with little black bits in it. And I said to him, what is that? And he just told me, he just came out and said, that's my pubes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, what, did you, what did you see about that? I called a house meeting. So, so the guy who'd done it was in the room and you said, what's that? Next to me. Wow. And I sort of stood there and I was like, and then I had to call a house meeting because there were a few situations like all throughout the house. And I just said to them, I'd, all six of the boys just lined up in the house. And I was just like, would you treat your mother's house like this? Would you? So why are you treating my house like this? <laughs> you their mother, you their mother's house. Well, I don't want to know yeah. what they do at their mum's house. I mean, but it was just, yeah. So I, it, I always it, laugh. 
At yeah. what point does that become okay? I mean, what 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 is going through that guy's mind? Like, I just don't. It's, know. it's disgusting, really, in it. But like, you've got to laugh up when you're like, oh, nineteen year olds. I've got stories about student market, as you can imagine, Terry, that they they do things, they really do things. Um, and for anyone who would like a reminder, uh, episode two, tenant stories, students wanking at a wall. All you need to know, going to dangle that carrot, go back and have a listen. Uh, in fact, it was a story that started Property Jam, right? It was. Yeah. It was the founding story. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, unbelievable. Wanking at a wall. And a couple of others come to mind. They're just some headlines because I know the boy's going to take ages mm. to think of anything. Um, well, I've, I don't know. I can't think of anything that funny, but this is maybe kind of embarrassing for myself. Is that when... Um, <laughs> <laughs> in, Matt, in Matt last... late, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on last week's episode we talked about um how i kind of had a massive bout of imposter syndrome oh, on my yeah. first site visit after the lock after lockdown so i wanted to try and uh redeem myself to the builders and to the team on site so one of the times that i had went down after that they had just finished putting on the new roof um, and the project manager from the contractor's firm wanted to show me what they'd done. And I'm afraid of heights, but I didn't want to tell them that. So I had to climb up a ladder um, that was very unstable uh, up to the top of this house, which is like an old Victorian style property. And they'd just done a loft conversion. And I, I was shitting myself the whole way up. And when I got to the top, he wanted to show me like how wonderful a job they had done at the roof. And I'm just walking along, holding on for dear life to the uh, to the side of the house. And then I had to come back down again. And I it, it took me ages trying to get back down this ladder, shaking like a leaf, because I didn't want them to think that, you know, I wasn't uh, good enough or uh, able to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I will never be doing that again. Very honest. <laughs> Imposter syndrome is a funny one, isn't it? Because yeah. everyone experiences it, right? Mm. Everybody. And every time you go to the new level, yeah. there's a new devil, isn't it? Every yeah. time you get up, you're in that thing, isn't it? That little yeah. weird feeling you get. Yeah. Um, but I've, I have, from experience, you do not have to literally go up to the top of a ladder to prove that. <laughs> <laughs> prove it to yourself. Prove it to myself, yeah. I imagined it was I when you were seeing it. I visualized it being really windy. Was it really windy when you were up there as well? Or not? It wasn't windy at all, but no. I felt like there was a hurricane blowing. It was the middle of the summer. <laughs> I imagined you like holding on. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. <laughs> right, Matt, uh, you're. Yeah, it's. I'm just trying to think of something which is relatively uh, amusing. Uh, the, the, the thing that brings it to mind is actually a property that uh, I should, again, another property that I share with Niall um, in the Midlands. And we had a few issues with a particular tenant um, who caught, basically he moved in, the rest of the house moved out, but in, which happens sometimes in an HMO and you, you do your best to avoid it. This is probably about three years ago, four years ago now. So we've learned a lot since then, but um, this particular tenant, one of the things that he did um was he, he liked to take his um fellow housemates uh, cars for a joyride 
um so um for some reason uh, one of his his neighbors had shared the key code to his room and the guy went in um stole his car keys took his car for a joyride drove it back put the car back in a different place put the key back in the room but um yeah the guy the other guy would never have known but apart from the fact that this he, his car was in a different place when he came everyone loves pranks i love pranks mate do you? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It definitely wasn't in the office all the time. Sorry. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a prank because the other guy was not happy with it and subsequently moved out. Um, and then it took a long yeah. time to get this particular tenant um, out of the house. But I can see that, that that's a kind of a, a Terry level uh, prank, is it? Oh, yeah. In, in my office, mate, like some of the stuff I'm not going to see on here that we used to get up to in the office. But like one example is. Um, like scare month in November. So for, for October for Halloween, like we used to be, I, I set a challenge for all my sales guys, right? It's scare month. Whoever gets someone on video scaring the other person, the best wins the prize. So they were hiding under the desk. They were hiding in the loft. They were jumping out from behind doors, hiding in toilet cubicles, loads of stuff like that. But we move people's cars because people will come, the sales guys will come and put the keys on the desk with the wallet and the phone or whatever, go to the toilet, just take the stuff. <laughs> Change the Facebook photos, change the <laughs> password, move the car to, and then get out the window and film them looking for the car. Oh, I love all that. I, I think, I honestly, think, I know I'm going off topic here, but I honestly think that's been a big part of my business success, building these big teams. Because it's hard to manage people, as as you you all, I'm sure, know. Yeah. But if you have fun at work and you, you build a culture, a team culture where it's fun to work, yeah, mm-hmm. but they still get the work done because yeah. there's a line of that as well. If it's too fun, they just all take the Absolutely. make and get up to no good. And if it's too boring and too disciplined, just work. They don't want to work there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've always tried to mix them and have a good. And I, and I, it is definitely something that I believe I'm good at, based on the amount of teams that I've built. Um, and good staff retention as well. Yeah. It's not often people leave unless they're the wrong person. It's it's quite rare. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, pranks is, is a part of that and just having fun, isn't it? God. Matt, yeah. you know how you said you get that one person move in and the rest of the house moves out? Terry would be the guy that moves in and everybody else moves <laughs> out. <laughs> no, yeah, they don't stay longer, commit the five-year tenancies, and my, even when Matt puts the rent up, because I'm there. That's what happens. <laughs> 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 oh, God, that was a good question. I love that. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Right, should you do a bit That's the right kind of question as well, Terry. In fact, yeah, if well, you it would have been shit. So uh, yeah. thank you. Do you know I forgot about episode relate? So yeah. that, that would that would be on me, wouldn't it? Uh, um, with his like 20 gallons of water that he's drinking. Terry, you could do yeah, weightlifting man. with that. H- H2O is the secret. So I have about five coffees and two of these, so four liters of water. And honestly, if you don't drink four liters of water, try it. Your energy levels are out honestly. It is out with this how much energy I've got off water because I used to back in the day about I don't know four or five years ago I used to just smash the coffees used to have 10 plus coffees a day I'm in the in the office constantly always working <clears throat> and it gets to a point where that damages you a little bit yeah. like your health it does it gets you your heart will go heart rate will yeah. get a bit messed up not sleeping properly I read a book I can't remember which book it was about water it honestly the difference energy levels you just think better better decision making 
and I've got energy like I've got now. Yeah, fill that up, Matt. I've seen the empty glass. It <laughs> <laughs> looks like a whiskey um, glass. And that glass is far too small. That's that's <laughs> like 200 milliliters. That is no good. That's a like shot a shot. of water. That's like them Jaeger bombs I was having on Saturday night, that. Yeah. Watch how good your energy is if you drink more water. And it stays there until like 10 o'clock. Highly oh, recommended. I don't think I want okay. up my energy. I, 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 you can see I'm the human battery charger as it is. I'll be bouncing off the fucking walls. <laughs> <laughs> I want to throw four liters of water at you and see what happens. Yeah, that's <laughs> very dangerous. <laughs> okay, so property roulette. So we're gonna. I'm gonna scroll through our previous episodes of Property Jam. You start stop at any point, and then. I'll give you the title of that episode so you can give us your view on what we were talking about. So it could be, I don't know, it could be tenant stories, it could be licensing, uh, licensing it could be anything exciting like that. So, okay, okay. so I am now scrolling. Stop. I love that. Oh, 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 sorry, I tapped into it. Goal setting. Oh. It was goal setting. This was goal setting 2020. So is that is that your bag? Do you set goals? Big goal setter, a big goal setter. I feel I'll plug my own group there, like I've got to. So in there as my system how to run goals. Um, but honestly, goals has been such a big part of my life since I went self-employed when I was 19 against what everybody told us not to do, setting up businesses, going self-employed in sales. Everybody told me not to. My friends, family, my mom, my granddad, I remember rang us, don't do it, Terry, don't go self-employed, you need me on all this. Um and I just remember having something in it, and that was my first goal was, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Because the goal, I know, you, you know, the smart goals, measurable, deadline, specific, all of that. And yes, I agree. But sometimes a goal can just be fucking getting started or can be being number one or proving somebody wrong. Or they can't, definitely you need financial goals. You need a career goal. You need a health and fitness goal, 100%. You need a holiday goal. Because there's no point working all the time without any enjoyment, anybody to spend your time with or your money on or your money with. Um, and you've got, I believe you've got it. So I'll, I'll go back a step. So my first goal was just to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it became, at that young age, it just became about money. I'll be honest, it was just make 50 grand. Then it was 80 grand. Then it was 100. Then it continued to go up. And that was at a young age. But if I honestly believe I, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be who I am now and I definitely wouldn't be as successful as, as I am right now and where mm-hmm. I am right now financially and everything else. So I honestly think goals are such an underestimated thing. People set them in New Year, New Year's resolution, <clears throat> get fit. That's why everyone's not in the gym by February because I've set a resolution, not a goal, with no deadline. It's not measurable. It's not clear. It's not specific and they haven't stuck to it. Mm-hmm. Which is why they don't achieve it. Mm-hmm. But in any part of your life, I honestly believe you need a goal. And if you get that right and you regularly write them down, you focus on them, you think about them enough, there's no reason why you can't achieve anything. Because everyone at the top, one on a rant here, on a, everyone at the top was once at the bottom. Mm. Everybody yes. who started the first day in property, who's now, some people have got 5,000 property in America, having all these Grand Cardones and Robert Kiyosakis. They started on the first property. So did you three, so did I. But they've just got themselves there by the habits, the behaviours, the choices that they've took and the decisions that they made to get themselves there. But don't think for one second you're going to get a 1,000 properties without a goal. You're not going to fluke your way 
there or bluff your way or get a little bit of luck that you get to a thousand properties, which is my, what you want to make goals. Um, you just can't get there and you'll never achieve your full potential without goals. And I honestly believe that one of the biggest, the biggest parts of our business, it's a really good topic to stop on because I'm, I'm very passionate about goals. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by that because you at, at 19, what gave you that drive at such a young age? I had, again, in the book, you should read it. Now, if you, if buy the book, be uh, alive, yeah, I'll buy, buy it. The, the Audible's coming out in two weeks' time. But no, I had, I had a quite a difficult upbringing in childhood. I had no money. Um, yeah, it was a difficult upbringing, and, and I was very overlooked as a kid. Wasn't really good at anything, me. I played sport, but I wasn't any good. I was no good at education, failed everything. Got no, even though I was a financial advisor, and I run one of the biggest financial advisory companies in the country, I failed everything, failed maths, failed everything. Um, it's just funny. But um, but yeah, I, f- I failed everything. So I just felt like I want to prove myself so mm-hmm. much. That's what the, it was. And it was proving them wrong because my granddad, bless him, I remember he rang us and said, don't take that job, Terry. You need an employee job. I was actually a builder, 16 to 19. Don't take that job, Terry. It's self-employed. So if you don't sell anything, you don't get paid. I was like, no, no, I'm doing it. My mum, who actually works for me now as a salesperson, so does me stepdad, so does me brother, so does me uncle, just to put that out there as well. Um, when they all told us not to do it, they ended up working for us. But I just had this in as like my goal, I'm going to prove everybody wrong and I'm going to be that good at this that they all realised that they were wrong. And that that was my first goal, not knowingly. I didn't think this is going to set us off on a path of whatever I've accomplished now. It just kind of happened that way. And then then it was a money one. And then it was holidays and cars and housing and all these things. But I just think you, it keeps you on track, right? It keeps you on track. And I don't know if you've felt this. Have you ever felt where you've achieved a goal and you just go a bit stagnant? You just go a bit complacent because you haven't got the next thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the second you get the goal, you've got to set the next one. Mm. I've got a little thing where I celebrate that night so even if it's just buy X amount of property, celebrate that night, next day set a new goal. And I've done that for quite a while, because but it just keeps me laser focused. Love so that. Sorry about a tangent there, Niall. No, um, I loved it. No, 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 that, that was amazing. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so one last, last one. So I'm scrolling again. Stop. <clears throat> okay. Uh, where are we? Pressure, episode 31. How do you deal with pressure? Because you must have that. I love these questions. I'm good at this stock game on. Pressure, I'm probably going to be different with a few people on this one. I think you need pressure, me. Mm. I think you have to put pressure on yourself intentionally. And I think too many people shy away from pressure. And when it's too hot, they get out the kitchen, don't they? A little bit of pressure, oh, and they crumble and they're off. So when they go on the property journey is an example of this, start the property journey, bit pressure as in no offers accepted, something's fell through, they get declined on the mortgage, the angel investor says no, whatever, bit pressure, uh, back to employed land. Yeah. And it's just weak if I'm, if I'm brutal with it. I think weak people can't handle pressure, but weak people don't. Name one weak person who's at the top of any industry because I don't think there is any. Mm-hmm. And I think strong people learn how to deal with pressure and you actually use pressure as an advantage because pressure, everyone's got different, yes, different degrees of pressure, but everyone's got pressures maybe from home, 
maybe from a partner, maybe from work, maybe from whatever. It might just be bills, pressure, right? But bills are, is an example. So if you're, if you're feeling pressure with all your bills, the electricity coming in and all that rubbish, might just use that as that pressure is good, right? I want to earn more money. I'm going to find more investment. I'm going to find more properties. I'm going to deal source. I'm going to do whatever to turn that pressure yeah. or, or to get rid of that pressure. You know, to, you know what I'm trying to say? I yeah, think yeah. People, the, the people panic and flap and, and, and let it consume them when you shouldn't look at it like that. Nobody who's at the top has felt no pressure to get there. Everybody's felt pressure along the way, some more than others, obviously. Um, but yeah, like stop, uh, stop crumbling when you get a bit of pressure. And use it. Sorry, Matt. I was gonna say no, no. I, I heard. I think it was on a TV show or something. Some uh, there was this guy said, "Pressure is a privilege." Mm. Pressure is a privilege. And what, and what did he mean by that? Um, as in, if you're under pressure, you, you use it as the opportunity. You see, you see the the pusher as, as a driver rather than as a as a, mm. a squasher <laughs> you know mm. driving force yeah, yeah. rather than, than squashing your flat i'm making this up as i go along but um that's <laughs> what, what well, about, i right? think i think it's a bit like the concept of first world problem right i think a first world problem is pressure because often pressure is created from situations that you are brave enough to put yourself into which is normally mm. stretching your comfort zone and doing something that just feels completely new massive a step up and so with that there's always pressure and so that's a privileged position to be in i think mm. that's how i interpret what that means and also yeah. that's why you see people starting in property with nothing yeah be a hell of a lot more, more successful than those who've got all the money in the world because yeah. the people who've got all the money in the world are inherently ju- okay general complacent. yeah complacent lazy to generalism mm. Because mm-hmm. uh, some people have worked hard to get that money, yeah. but also if you've worked hard to get the money, sometimes they're just like, oh, actually, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm happy, um, mm-hmm. and they don't need it in the same way as others. Yeah, yeah, but just, people just look at the end result and they see that they've got that success or that wealth, and they they don't know anything about how they got there, what mm-hmm. steps they took, or what risks they took, mm-hmm. or what. You know what they did to get to that point and it's just it's very easy just to look through rose tinted glasses at, at the glamorous uh end result mm. yeah completely agree and you do there's there's loads of phrases that i'm thinking of when you were talking there things like you win or you learn like that applies to pressure right because if you're just winning all the time and you're not experiencing any pressure you're not learning because you don't learn we all know you don't really learn from a win Pressure could be a loss. You could have lost something or lost a deal and you're getting pressure because you're not achieving what you want or pressure money-wise or whatever. Those are the times characters built. Those are the times that you learn the most, you grow the most, so you, you need pressure. And yet pressure is a privilege. You should welcome it because I think when you're feeling it, it's almost like you are growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's an external factor that you're getting pressure from, but but sometimes it's because you go to that next level, you're feeling more pressure. And the higher up you get at that ladder, the more pressure. You know, if you're doing a 10 million pound development, the pressure is going to be more on that development than you're doing a three bed by let refurbishment. You know, the, yeah, yeah. the pressures are different, right? And and you should look at it that way and just think, well, if you want that life and you want all the big stuff, be prepared for more pressure than if you want the little stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. People relative, generally want it handed to them on a plate. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take it all, but I don't want to work for it. That's 
Yeah, they won it all for free yesterday. Yeah, without paying the price, don't they? Yeah, yeah. especially now. Ticket, yeah. Mm. Especially now, I think everyone just sort of thinks you can just YouTube your way through, you know, mm. the graft of of being in our industry, and it's not. You you got to, you got to go in. You got to go in. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, take the rough cool. smooth. Well, on that note, uh, I think we've come to the end of our time together. So thank you so much, Terry, for joining us here on Property Jam. If people thank want you. to reach out to you, uh, where should they, where can they find you? Um, Instagram's probably best. So um, Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property. Uh, but I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, everywhere really, apart from TikTok. I, I, yeah, Glam site signs. Yeah, but the, the, well, the Rags to Riches show is my podcast. Um, which is on all channels and the book is on Amazon now be lying and it's on Audible probably in mid-December oh that's exciting um, but just reach out on Insta uh, if anyone wants to chat perfect Christmas gift eh? yeah yeah man yeah. do right be a lion. Perfect. Uh, thank you uh, for being a lion with us here tonight uh, it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me thanks everyone it's a goodbye from me <laughs> <laughs> jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.